Good morning and welcome everybody. It's the last show of the year. Oh, it's so exciting. I forgot the first bit. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show and my name is Liam and as I'm... <laughs> As I mentioned before, this is the last show of the year. How exciting is that? And what a year it's been. Oh, can you believe it? We have almost made it. We've almost made it. Oh, it's just so exciting. Oh, I'm I'm actually, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped and so excited. And I'm just, bring on 2021. I mean, I know this time last year, everyone was saying, bring on 2020. But no, what we want to do is we want to forget about 2020. Oh, but no, we've had, look, although 2020 has been plagued by coronavirus, 2021, sorry, 2020, it was still, there was still good things that happened, still good things. Um, So, yeah, look, (laughs) oh, we're nearly there, we're nearly there, and look, for the last show, uh, again, we've got another special show for you today, we've got two Encounter with Gods, and um, a couple of great... Uh, question of the days, and a really, really great interview with a, a fellow from New Zealand. And th- that interview actually came from from mid coronavirus. Um, well, actually, it was it was sort of just as New Zealand was coming out of coronavirus, but Australia we were in the thick of coronavirus. So, no, look, we've got I've I've I've, got, I've, I've put a little something together for you guys just just to just to round up the uh, the, the year that has been, and just to really. Smash goals into the into the new year. So, yeah, let's let's kick on with the show. I'm I'm really excited for what today has to show, has to offer, and um, yeah. So, hope you guys enjoy. Uh, I, I think we've got uh, Lyle and, and and Minnie today again. So, I hope you guys enjoy this. And oh, I, I'm honestly so stoked for for 2021. I I cannot talk. Look, we're just gonna move on. We'll be back after this song with with Encounter with God with Lyle and Minnie. It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. All right, First John chapter 4, verse 7 to 11. A couple of really good verses here from yesterday's Bible study that we didn't have time to get to, but are too good to miss out. Let's talk about them this morning. Mm-hmm. First John chapter 4, verse 7 to 11 is what we're going to read next. Okay. First John 4, 7 to 11 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But if anyone does not love, he does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Okay, how many times is the word love used? That, in that was patience? so much. <laughs> it's just saturated right there. You do a quick count, find out how many there are. I wonder whether there's more in my translation. Uh, there's certainly a lot right there. I counted 11. See how many you get. I think I got 11. Oh, you got 11? Yeah. Okay, I was, oh, there you go. I might have missed one, but that's, that's for a few verses, that's a lot. There's four verses. <laughs> what do you mean, yeah. four verses? There are 11 <laughs> references to love, mm. and central to this is the statement, God is love, mm. and a lot of people are like, yeah, where does it say that in the Bible? This is where it says it in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where the Bible, because we often, you know, Christians always talk about, yeah, God is love, God is love, God is love. 
They don't always practice that God is love. They don't always believe that God is love, but they will always say God is love. Mm-hmm. Okay, whereabouts do you find it in the Bible? Now you know where it's found. It's right here. That's yep. right. First John chapter 4, verse 7 to 11, you find that this is where John coined the term God is love. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you're going to find that theme from one end of the Bible to the other. That theme starts in Genesis chapter 1 where God creates the world and makes it good because he loves us. Mm. You find it in Genesis chapter 2 when man sins and God comes looking for man and says, where are you? You find it in Genesis chapter 3 when God promises uh, Redeemer Jesus Christ to come and save people from their sins. Mm. And so... Uh, you've got it as a theme from one end of Scripture to the other. This is just the one place where it is actually It's stated. totally explicit here. Yeah. yeah, just like God is love. Now you know. <laughs> Sola amoris gratuity. Oh, this is the thing you found the other day, isn't it? Yes, yeah. this, is the new, this is the new term I've made up. It's the new solar of the Reformation. Brilliant, brilliant. The Reformation has five solars. It actually needs seven. Oh, you've added two. Yeah. Sola amoris gratuity and sola uh, eustitia. What's that one? Justice. Ah, so love and justice. Love and justice. Mm-hmm. Love and justice perfectly combined together. Mm. Because that is what you see on the cross. And this is where I have a problem with the interpretation of some of the solas of the Reformation. Mm-hmm. Um, because the Reformation will say, uh, what's the one? Um, Sola del Gloria or Sola Deo Gloria. Mm which is glory to God alone. We all agree with that. Mm. Glory only goes goes to God in our salvation and in anything else. But in the context of our salvation, let's think about it in the context of our salvation. And so what many of the Reformers would say, like Luther, Calvin, Zwingli, Knox, is if glory goes to God alone, then there is nothing you can do that affects your salvation. Oh, but that takes away your choice. Exactly, which God doesn't do. So they then, mm. t- so then the power of choice disappears. Now, if the power, the moment the power of choice disappears, the uh, love disappears as well. Because mm-hmm. where there is no choice, it's the power of choice that creates the existence of love. Mm. Mm-hmm. Then what you've got is a limited atonement. So Jesus came to die, not so ever for whosoever believes in him, but for whosoever he picks. Mm, yeah, there's some problem. There's some. Big there's a big problem with, with John three sixteen right there. Yeah. You know, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever He picks hmm. should have eternal life. No, because then what you've got got happening is God up in heaven looking down and weighing up: Is it worth my while to die for this many people or not? Yeah. Where the reality is that Jesus came and died regardless of whether anyone would be saved or not. When he made that promise in the Garden of Eden, there was no guarantee that any person would ever be saved. This is such a big risk that God took. It's a massive risk. He's like, I will give my life. Mm. And this is why I call it sola amoris gratuity because gratuity is selfless love. Mm -hmm. If he was giving his life for a specific number of people, that is not selfless love. Yeah. That is selfish love. Yeah, because it's so selective. Because it's like, well, this number of people makes my sacrifice worthwhile. Yeah. That's selfish. Mm-hmm. That's basically looking at the pros and the cons and weighing the return on investment. Mm-hmm. 
you know, when you start talking about RTIs, that's selfish. That's part of business. I mean, that's how business is supposed to operate. Mm-hmm. That's the, the foundational principle of business. Yes, yeah, so don't is go that You are there to make money. You are mm-hmm. there to, and you have you are there to make money for yourself for the business. That's mm-hmm. why you go into business, and so you have RTI. You know, return on investment. And so what you've got is with a limited atonement, you have RTI on salvation, a return on investment. God looks down and is like, well, do I get a return on my investment or not? Yes, I will, so I will die. Take that out of the equation, you have selfless love where Jesus says, I'll come and die. Mm. And I really hope some people make a decision to be saved. Mm. You know, you think about it. If, If Adam had never sinned, Jesus would have been born to Eve. And he would have died just for oh, her. Yeah, hey. Think about that for a moment. That is the level of God's love revealed in the Bible. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Because if Adam hadn't sinned, Eve would have been the only sinner. Yep. That's a God who doesn't do love. He is love. How do you know, just really quickly, just to clarify, if anyone listening also has this question, um, okay, so how this do is, you know? This is, this, is, this is your way of being sceptical no, 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 and no, blaming actually, the audience. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just to clarify in case anyone is listening. This is a question that I have had in the past. Okay. Like it was a sincere question I had. And so I was like, well, maybe um, I remember when I was younger. Yes. Someone mentioned something like that to me. They were saying, yep, you know. But then they were like, you know, but we would have all lived in like this perfect world, loved your dad, be great. Um, and I was like, what? So all in the Garden of Eden, yeah, it'd be great. Da-da. And I just remember this feeling of like guilt and panic because I was like, but what if the whole world had been perfect and I was the one who ate the fruit? Uh-huh. Now, I think I know a little bit. You don't have to think big guilt this. and panic because it's historical. No, it is. It is. But I just remember that people were just like, oh, it'd be fine because Eve was the one and Adam was the one. But I was like, yeah, but but why? Like. If Jesus only died for Eve, would would not that line have continued? Now, I think I know what the answer is. I don't believe that God would have kept that tree in the garden if Adam and Eve, or if Adam had said no. Is that correct? How do we know? The Bible doesn't say. Exactly. Yeah. So the Bible doesn't say what God would do. What we do know yeah. is that God is love. Yes. That's what the Bible does say. Mm. And because the Bible does say that God is love, we know that God would never remove the power of choice. Now, that does not mean that the tree would stay there. Hey? That means that the power of choice would stay there. Okay, yep. So, So, yes. So you could hypothetically have a whole bunch of people who had lived there. This is hypothetical. Hypothetical. And someone 2,000 years later, like Jesus dies even just for Eve, let's say. Okay. And everyone else has decided not to. Mm Mm-hmm. You still have the power of choice at any point, any person. So does, so, does, so does sin come back a second time then? Yeah, is it possible? Is it possible? No, it's not possible. Why isn't it possible? Because God has a perfect and complete plan to rid the universe of sin. But we always have choice. That's right. And the power of choice will always remain. The possibility of sin will always remain. Mm. But I mean, let's face it, Minnie, when you get to heaven, are you going to start this all over again? No. <laughs> Why not? I think Why won't you start this again? Why won't you get to heaven and one day go, yeah, you know what? Earth was pretty good back in the day when sin was there. I'll go and start it over again. Well, I think Why like, wouldn't you do that? I think we'll see that it wasn't that good. And I think Exactly. You've got heaven to yeah. compare with, with, with earth right now. 
And I also think in heaven we will understand. I don't think we'll. I think it'll take eternity to understand, but I think we'll understand on a much deeper level what it really cost heaven. Absolutely, for Jesus to come in. Like we can read it and be like, "Oh, yep, this is awesome. This is big." But I don't think we can understand the gravity of how crazy it is and how much it impacted like all the angels, got like all the people. Man, all the other people from other universes. I don't know. I think when we understand that context, we'll be like, oh, of course there's no appeal. Not even a bit. Uh-huh. I'm so repulsed by that. So you wouldn't want to start this world again. No. Because you've experienced it. Yes. You've experienced pain and suffering and loss and brokenness. Yes. So who wants to go back to that? Absolutely. All right. The universe would never want to start this world again because they've seen it. Yes. Let's say that you have uh, somebody who is born or created after sin has existed. Mm. And they're like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to try an alternative right here. <laughs> All God has to do is say, before you do, mm-hmm. sit down and watch this uh, recording I have. <laughs> mm. You know, I think after about 10 minutes, they'll have so much PTSD that they're like, yeah, actually, no, this was Don't a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I, 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 will, I will stay with God. And so what God has done is by allowing sin to continue for 6,000 years, he has produced enough evidence so that sin will never come back again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if Eve had been the only person who had sinned, that evidence would still be have, still have been produced in a way we don't know. Mm-hmm. But God always has a perfect plan. And God's perfect plan is a plan that works through suffering but ensures it's never coming back. It's going to happen once. But it's only ever going to happen once. Oh. It's not like it's not like COVID. <laughs> Doesn't come a second wave, third wave, fourth wave, fifth wave. Mm. No, nope. yeah. just once. That's it. Mm. It's gone. It's over. Ah, and that is because God is love. Yes. That's okay. So, 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 if you believe that you have the power of choice, mm-hmm. sola amoris gratuity. Mm-hmm. If you believe you have the power of choice because God is love then how can you have sola dio gloria, glory to God alone? Because it's your choice but that the, results in your salvation. But the problem with that and you isn't... you take credit for your choice. But it's not the problem with that the glory should go to God. It's that it's saying God demands it and you don't can't do anything about it, right? Like the idea of that glory belongs to God. Yeah, basically... That's not a bad... No, 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 no. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. But but somebody who is uh, a Calvinist would say, well, you don't believe in glory to God alone because you made a choice for salvation. Therefore, you can credit that choice towards your salvation. Oh. Yeah. We did a workshop on this last week. It was really good. I know. You told me. And I was like, notes. I need notes. You told me you don't take them. <laughs> <laughs> mm, no, I see what you're saying. That's so, what's that? so what's the solution? So think about this, mm-hmm. because we believe in sola dio gloria as well. Yes. Right? Glory to God alone. Where does the power come from you, for you, to be able to make a decision? Well, still, where does the power Jesus. of choice come from? It's still it God. comes from God. That's right. So God, so we're lost, we're dead mm. in sins, but God extends his grace to you so that you have the power of choice. Yes. So your power of choice comes from God. Mm. It doesn't come from you. Then when you make that choice, where does the power to make that choice come from? It comes from God. Yeah. It all comes from God. It is sola, Dio, mm. gloria. 
glory to God alone. There is nothing in that process mm. where we can take credit to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Ah, fantastic stuff. Which I think God is, is love. And this is the sorry, I butted in. Nah, you go. And this was the big difference between the uh, Calvinists, I guess you would say, in the Reformation, who would say that we would have limited atonement. God is not love. Hmm. God is that is selfish atonement. The second thing that is a difference uh, is that when you deal with predestination, is that you don't have the power of choice. Hmm. There's a variation of that when you have once saved, always saved. Once saved, always saved says that you had the power of choice, choice, and once you are saved, you now no longer have the power of choice. Predestination says you never had it in the first place. Yep, yep. Anything that removes the power of choice mm. annihilates the existence of love. It just Love just ceases to exist. Mm, mm-hmm. Love cannot exist without the power of choice. That is impossible. Yeah. And so this is a really, really important lesson that we've got right here is the the sacredness of the power of choice because it's what creates love. And then, then throw into that mix. Oh, sorry, go no, ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, just on what you said, if we view that in human terms as if someone is married, they've decided to love each other, they've committed to that, at any point in time, if they're only there because they have to be, like you said you will love me, therefore you will stay, Man, that is like going to become a very messy, broken relationship very quickly. It's going to last, if it lasts, because both people are going, yep, I want to stay, I want to choose to be here. And I'm like, if we, if we, I mean, I know our human thinking is still our human thinking and we don't understand all the ways of God, but if in our human thinking we could look at a relationship and say, man, that's not healthy, if they're saying, you will be here because you told me one time you will, and we're like, oh, mm, hold on, man, like, they can choose. Why would we apply that thinking to God? That okay, no, no, He's doing this to you. He knows that you said once, so therefore you will stay. Like that, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make (laughs) any sense at all. So, text message coming through, just pointing out that the rest of the universe has had the opportunity for Mm. to choose for good and evil. Yeah, everyone in the universe has had, does have that opportunity. It's just our planet that chose against God. Yeah, yeah, it's the only one. Uh, apart from, of, of course, Satan and his angels and the war in heaven. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got uh, the, you know, the war in heaven that extends and then continues down here on this earth. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a very good point coming through right there. Um, and we need to remember that God is... Okay, so, so just throw this into the mix. Um, if God never gave you the power of choice, love does not exist. If God created some people to be saved and limited the atonement, then God is that is selfish love. And then throw into that same mix, eternal hellfire. God creates people so he can burn them forever. Nah, that is not a God of love. And that's not what the Bible teaches. We're going to find out what the Bible does teach in this song. This is uh, Simeon with I'm Forgiven. Strange the path we choose I've tried but failed to walk in someone else's shoes Strange how I've tried To walk this road alone Not knowing the things I might find
everybody that was Simeon with I'm Forgiven here on The Breakfast Show. We are uh, yeah churning our way through this Bible study. We're a little bit behind at the moment but that's okay. It's all good. We've got good things to talk about. Let's go to uh, 1 John chapter 5 verse 1 to 5. Okay everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God and everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those that believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Okay, so in that particular passage, we only had the word love. We, we had the word love only used five times. Yeah. <laughs> yep. it's, it's be interesting. Wouldn't it be interesting to, uh, to go to a sermon by John? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know? Yeah. It, and just and just you know be one of those um, kids who sits up the back and makes a little hashtag every time he says the word love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in fact, I think if I was um, if I if, if I was going to uh, one of John's sermons and my kids were still small, but like okay, here's your task for the yeah, sermon. I want you at the end of the term make a tally, mm-hmm. make tally marks. Um, tell me how many times John uses the word love in his sermon. Now, of course, he might preach from Revelation. True. A lot less of the words love in that. There's a lot less there. There's mm. a, there's a lot of just amazing. I mean, the revelation is all about the love of God because it of the is. revealing of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. But there are some very historical chapters in Revelation mm. dealing with history and world events and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. So John was John was a very balanced person mm. um, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He did not 
speak on one subject to the neglect of others. Mm. And I think this is one of the challenges that we uh, have as human beings. We tend to specialise. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, 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 love to, uh, we love to have a particular specialty and it's like if love is our specialty, then we talk about that. And if revelation is our specialty, we talk about that. And this is my problem because I tend to talk more about revelation than I do love. So this is why Minnie comes in as a co-host to keep me balanced. <laughs> and this is why we have the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all good stuff. All right, so let's work our way through this passage right here because the Bible talks about the love of God. And it also talks about the commandments. Mm. This is an interesting subject because a lot of people say, well, God is love. You don't need to keep the commandments. What would be loving about not keeping the commandments? Um, I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so this is my question. Please explain to me if you say that God is love, therefore we don't need to keep the commandments. Mm. What is love about Lying, stealing, yeah. murdering, yeah. adultery. What part of that is love? Yeah. You know, and this is why John is putting this whole thing in balance. And I mean, could you imagine realistically if every person had those commandments as their fundamental core values in life? Honestly, if no one ever was killing anyone else, you would lose so much fear, right? You'd never worry about... Sleeping in a park in the middle of the night or, you know, you'd never, never need been, to worry you, about You've like, never been one to worry about that at the best no. time. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't have to worry about, um, oh, if I have to run and do something like if I leave the car on the side of the road, like it won't get burnt down or, you know, if my house is on You know, you remove so much fear with some of those things. Relationships, if you completely have no fear of adultery, how much more trust is just going to be there? You've never experienced in the past. You've never, if these were your core values just for life, if every person had this, which I know that they don't, let's just be idealistic here, That what an incredible world you're going to live in. And to me, I'm like, this is part of the point. This is an expression of who God is to be like, man, these things matter because it's going to enrich your life in ways that you don't even realize. Now, we have a world that that's not the case. Sadly. But... This is still pointing out, right, that it's like, man, you want to know the love of God? Just look at the core here. Like just if you can rest in that, if you, if you're, if you could have a life governed by these principles, like it's not a bad thing. Yes, absolutely. Okay, let's look at these verses. Uh, let's work our way through them uh, in verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is, is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loves him that uh, gave birth to, that, that, that begat, that gave birth to lo- <laughs> I'm getting tangled up. I have to admit, I got tangled up in my KJV. I'm just going to read it. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth also that is begotten of him. I think your translation was easier on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I will admit okay. it this time. That's okay. Just this once. I'll take it. For uh, by this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. Okay. Yes. This, so I had a conversation with someone, and Uh for them, this was a point where they're like, oh, so it is about our works. 
Right. Right. Because such an interesting conversation mm. and an interesting point that they are making. Mm-hmm. Because and I can see where they're coming exactly. from. Exactly. If you read that right, it does seem to be like what I do has an effect on you know. Do I love Jesus? Well, you'll know by what I do or don't do. And okay. there's a truth to that, right? There is a truth to that. Yeah. So what then are works? Good works. Are works the means or are they the evidence of salvation according to this verse? Mm, yeah, difference between purpose and product. That's a good way of putting it. Yes. Well, do you know what I mean? Like, it's I do, I, I do these things to be saved, or because I've been saved, the product. Uh, the yeah, the product is that so, I. Yeah. So the pur- yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was so like, the purpose. On, now purpose is, yeah. So purpose. <laughs> purpose is I do this to be saved. That's yes. that's my purpose is to do this to be saved. Yep. Product is that I do this as a result. As a result. Mm. This is the product of salvation. Yeah. So in this verse, which one is uh, which one carries the more weight? Have been saved. Have been already loved by God. Therefore, my life is changed. This is the product. Yes. And that's exactly what it says. And so to your friend who's like, yeah, well, you know, works is a part of salvation. You've got to actually read what it actually says right here. It says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Sorry, so I'm in, I'm in verse 3. By this we know. So this is mm. evidence. We know uh, that we love the children of God. How do we know that? When we love God, we keep his commandments. Hmm. How do we know that we love God? How do we know that our life has been changed? Because his Holy Spirit has come into our hearts. His Holy Spirit has changed us. And because his Holy Spirit has come into our hearts and changed us, we keep his commandments. It's as simple as that. Mm. And now, this is the commandments are not done away with. You know, People always try to do away with the Ten Commandments, nail them to the cross. They're not. Mm. I butted in. Go for it. No, I was just going to say, and something that is really important to remember also is that this can be a journey. Like I was having a conversation with someone yes. recently and they – feel so much like agony over the fact that like I spend my time with Jesus. I do the things I so much want my heart to be changed, but I still get really angry. I still get really short with people. I still, you know. It's a journey. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's not always going to be a, you were this, now you're this, and it's completely different. And, you know, you never have to worry about losing your temper. No, you are in the process of being changed by God's love. It's a race, the Bible says. Mm. And your decision to give your life to Jesus Christ and to be converted and allow, your, allow his Holy Spirit to come into your life, that puts you on the starting line of the race. Mm. The race then begins as soon as you reach the starting line. Yeah. And for some people it's longer than others. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's as simple as that. It is a journey. And uh, at every point on that journey we are connected with Jesus Christ and at every point we are getting closer and closer to him. At the same time. Why should I feel discouraged? Oh, why should the shadows come? Oh, why should my heart feel? I know he 
Guys, we have uh, coming up next. We've got our interview. Now, this interview is from the middle of the year, and or actually, it's from from September, so not too far, not not too long ago. But this interview actually came from just after New Zealand had been they'd been cleared of coronavirus, and Australia. We were just in the thick of it. So this is uh, Gordon Gossett is, is in this interview is talking about a book. But look, I'm sure they will get into all of those wonderful details. So yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to hearing what, to what this one's all about. So, yeah, good, ladies and gentlemen, this is the interview of the day with Gordon Gossett. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Well, joining us on the phone this morning all the way from New Zealand is Gordon Gossett. Gordon, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Lyle. How are you doing? Yeah, doing really well, Gordon. What's it like to live in a country where there's uh, no COVID? Well, it's interesting. We we live in the South Island. We've got no COVID, but we've still got a level of down. Oh, really? So that's a bit of an oxymoron. That is. 
I thought uh, I thought New Zealand had pretty much gone back to normal these days, but uh, I knew that uh, you had uh, a bit of another week. Up there got and... another week in. Another week and another week, and we could be back to level one. Yeah. Back so, to so when it broke out in uh, Auckland, there they didn't just uh, raise the drawbridge and and uh, leave things all good in the South Island. No, which would have been a logical thing to do, but uh, maybe not a political. thing. Do, <laughs> this is very yeah. true. That's the world in which we live. Now, Gordon, we didn't we didn't call you in New Zealand to talk about COVID, of course. Um, Gordon Gossett is uh, is a pastor from New Zealand who recently um, published a new book. Um, which is called What's to Know, Egypt to Canaan. Gordon, we want to know what this book is all about. Now, it's not available in Australia yet because of COVID. What we're going to do is as soon as it is available, we're going to get a couple of copies over here for uh, giveaways on Faith FM, um, and we will tell you all about that. But, uh, Gordon, what's to know about Egypt to Canaan? Okay, so yeah, sorry it isn't available in Australia yet. We've got a whole lot of books still in the publisher in, uh, or the printer in Korea. They're about to be shipped out. We did a book launch just before the COVID hit us here in, in New Zealand. I had to race into the warehouse to grab the books before they were locked in the warehouse and I had to pay storage fees. And we did one book launch uh, advertised on TV here and then we were about to launch it and the world changed for us all. But yeah, what's to know? It's... Uh, it's called What's to Know on the Journey from Egypt to Canaan. So it's in the, a book about the the examples, the lessons we can learn from the children of Israel travelling from Egypt through to Canaan. But more than that, it's it's looking at the whole Old Testament as an example. First Corinthians ten tells us, you know, of course, in verse six that these things were examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. In First Corinthians ten eleven. Said now these things are in samples and they happen. All these things are in samples and they happened unto them. They're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world have come. And I believe that the whole Old Testament is an example. So it's sort of bounced off that and the life in Canaan as well. So Gordon, there's a lot of things that you could, uh, you know, when when somebody like yourself sits down to write a book, there's a lot of a lot of different subjects that you could choose. What was it that inspired you to focus in on? This particular part of the Old Testament, as you say, they're all they're all there as examples. But you're focused in on the journey from Egypt to Canaan. Yeah, what was it that started you down that path? Yeah, well, that's the launch pad. And as I said earlier, Lyle, um, it was uh, it, it goes into when they're living in Canaan, which is the story of the Old Testament from the Book of Joshua through to Malachi is the journey, the sojourn of the children of Israel in Canaan. We can learn as many lessons, there's a lot of lessons given from there, but the book came about, it wasn't something I originally planned to write. I did a series of lectures, eight lectures and presentations in New Zealand here on the Exodus story, which is the foundation of the book. There was a PhD sitting there from the um, university in Ghana, and so he started and telling me that he was going to speak in Ghana. And in 2017, I went over there uh, to do the Bible lecture series at the University Church. 
And, well, you know, I went to Ghana because I bought you back a number plate from Ghana. You did indeed, yes, which proudly hangs on my workshop wall uh, amongst my number plate collection. Just put that out there. I do collect number plates. If anybody got any uh, unique or exotic number plates, then uh, you know our number here on Faith FM. <laughs> yeah, so but, if you're travelling the world, always put a number plate in the bottom of your of your pack or your, your uh, suitcase for life. So anyways, when I was heading over there, just before um, the PhD left to go back to Ghana, from our church, he he told me that they. He said, "I'm going to let you in on a secret. The PhDs at the university had listened to the, the presentations, and they were going to write a book, and then they were going to publish it in my name when I was there. That was going to be part of the the, the program of the Bible lecture series. But then, it, through a series of events, they realised the editing that needed to be done was going to make it not be uh, my book. It would have been theirs. So." Just before I went to the Middle East, uh, and I was with you on that trip as well, Lyle, I got lumbered the job of editing the book and writing it. It was When I got into it, it was the best thing I've ever done. And I just loved doing it, and uh, yeah, felt really inspired. So Other did people you, have been inspired. Yeah, I was going to say, John did Bradshaw, you have a... Um, John, yeah, John Bradshaw, go ahead. Yeah, John Bradshaw um, read, read the first manuscript. And so did Neil Nedley, and they've both done a review on the back of it. They really uh, touched and blessed by it. And um, John Bradshaw's even done me a TV ad that we can uh, that we played over here, so um, to promote it. But then, of course, as I said, COVID come in and changed everything. Yeah, Best related plans of mice and men. <laughs> Man, my goodness, didn't it uh, change fast too? Um, yeah. Now, um, Gordon, just uh, just 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 talking about this very quickly how much was this a was this then a collaboration that you were able to do with um a number of lecturers from the university in ghana was or, or was this something that uh ended up being entirely your own project no it was just my own project they were going to put it into a book form and but i went over there and did some presentations did a series of eight presentations um just before I flew back to meet up with you and the other a group of other people in Rotorua, New Zealand. So uh, yeah, no, it was it was it bounced out of a series of of presentation sermons that I did in Christchurch back in uh, 2016. Mm. Okay, so the um, the idea of drawing object lessons out of the Old Testament, as you say, the Bible says that you know the whole Old Testament is there as examples for us. Out of all of those yep. stories. And out of all of those object lessons, which one jumps out to you the most? What 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 is the one that sort of you know grabs your attention more than any other? Well, from the Exodus story, would be the, and I don't really want to um, steal a bit of the thunder from the book, but everybody <laughs> that gets a book gets a gets a paper clip comes with the book, and the paper clip is to section off a portion of your Bible and there's a portion where there was a huge period of time, 38 years where there was very little written because there was nothing happening it was just an aimless wandering in the wilderness and the second chapter I talk about Turn You Northward is a, uh, was my own experience of feeling like I was just wandering around in the wilderness and not doing a lot for God and when I, when I read it, this verse in Deuteronomy it just impacted me, hit me like a locomotive out of control and I just thought, man, I've got to get serious and I made a couple of promises to God 
that I'd do anything he asked me to do and um, start memorising scripture. I thought, I've got to stop just treading water. See how I felt. So that impacted me personally. And then, then I got asked to become a pastor. I didn't ask for that. I became asked to be an evangelist and asked to speak in different places around the world. And Yeah, so I've sort of sometimes felt like saying, well, hang on, God, can I put a bit of an addendum on that problem? <laughs> Thank you for asking me to do too much. But yeah, they, they, I was really impacted by the Exodus journey. And then I would say that um, Jeremiah in the New Testament, how the, people, the children of Israel, the moment they started to look at, around them, they started to do heinous things. They were sacrificing their own children and still claiming to be worshipping God. So the illustration of how far they fell um, is huge, but also um, just the vanity of, of the wasted time in the wilderness. That of course, we all know they didn't need to spend 40 years. Mm. Mm. Gordon, what's the writing style of this book? Um, you are known to be a person of significant intellect. Is this uh, easy reading for the average person or is this um, something more academic? Uh, definitely not academic. I, I can just read you... Well, you know me, Lyle. <laughs> I know, that's why I'm asking it's, the question. It's hard for me to be serious for more than 15 <laughs> minutes, uh, so I'm trying to keep it together while we're doing this. But yeah. this is, I'll just read the first part from Neil Nedley on the back. He said, Pastor Gordon Gossett has masterfully utilised humour and word pictures to help him plant deep and spiritual, uh, vital spiritual truth. So, yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of uh, fun to be had. Yeah, you go through the book. So there's some academic stuff, there's, and um, there's John Bradshaw and others, uh, Doug Batchelor who've read it, have said that they were inspired by some of the insights, spiritual insights. But, you know, you learn about um, what happens when people punch kangaroos in Australia and, and publish it online. People have said it's fun reading. But as John Bradshaw said, it's a book that you'll read and then reread. Yeah. So you might need to read it twice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, yeah, it's so been it could, uh, an yeah. enjoyable thing. So, um, well, this, this, this sounds good. We always love it when uh, New Zealanders pick on Australians for the stupid things that we do. <laughs> but, um, oh, no, it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a picking on Australia. It's um, just an experience that happened for an Australian in, a, in the bush and just the madness of the social media response to it. Yeah, yeah. To give you an idea, Lyle, I was always going to write a book about my life story and the life story of others, and it was that was always what I thought would be my first book, would, was going to be titled, and it's on the pipeline now, um, You Can't Make Honey Out of Goat Droppings, but God Can. And so uh, it sort of gives you a bit of a yep. sense of the genre, uh-huh, if you like. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And, so and, people and, have a lot of fun, especially reading about the villains in the Exodus uh, and the, the villains and the heroes of the Exodus. There's quite a bit of fun in those chapters. And I think for those of us that you know you, that, that know you, we we really did expect your first book to be about your life story. So we we're definitely looking forward to the uh, the second book book where you'll be able to you know document the journey that you've been through, uh, because you know God has done truly remarkable things in your life and. Uh, I guess you've got a lot of things that you can be thankful to God for. But, oh, um, amen. 
Yeah, so this is this is fantastic. Okay, so this is going to be obviously, you know, you've given us a few insights there, a few little hints that this is going to be an easy reading book. This is the kind of book that anybody can read and uh, will be available here in Australia sometime soon. Uh, we're not sure yet, when yet because of COVID, um, but as soon as it is available, then we're definitely going to be doing some uh, promotion here on The Breakfast Show. Um, Gordon, we just want to thank you so much for joining us here on the on the show this morning. Ah, thank you for the opportunity, Lyle, and uh, hope you guys are staying safe over there. If the yeah. COVID don't get you, then the snakes and the spiders might. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, well, New Zealand is a beautiful country, but there's, there's no question about that. Uh, Pastor Gordon Gossett, thank you so much for joining us. That was uh, Pastor Gordon Gossett talking about his new book, which is called... Um, it's called What's to, What's to Know from Egypt to Canaan. And as soon as we get some copies of that, we're going to make it available for you. Right now, we have Sam Cox with Lord, I Need You. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my Without you, I fall apart You're the one that guides my heart Lord, I need you, oh, I need you Every hour
This is Lyle and Minnie. We're not here right now, but we will be very soon. We're going to be back on the 5th, so keep keep listening. Stay tuned. We'll be ready. I hope you're ready. And in the meantime, enjoy our best of. <laughs>